Welcome to episode number seven of the Inbound Sales Journey podcast. Glad to have you with us. In this episode, Gray and I discuss building a sales system in the HubSpot CRM. You maybe are just getting familiar with the HubSpot CRM. Maybe you've been using it for a while, but you haven't built out an entire sales system around it uh, that's been working for your agency. So in this episode, we're going to dive into that a little bit deeper. Thanks for listening in, and let's get started talking about building and improving your sales system within the HubSpot CRM. All right, let's get started today. Gray, we had a wonderful learning experience on a client call today that I'd like to discuss before we hop in here. Can you share with everyone a little bit about that learning experience that we had? Ryan, I am the expert at learning lessons and forgetting them. And I've said enough stupid things on sales calls that I should know better. But here's the situation. We were talking about a website design project with a prospect. And I was going through some of the technical requirements, trying to figure out project scope from them. And I asked the question about, hey, in addition to the website, we'd already kind of kind of nailed down some of the project scope, but I was asking a question about SEO and on-page SEO. I, I just asked, hey, do you want us to be involved in the content and on-page SEO? And the response from one of the uh, prospect contacts who was on the line was, no, I don't think we need any of that advanced SEO magic or anything like that and i said sarcastically which is always a mistake not always a mistake sometimes it's funny but it's usually a mistake i said oh well i'm glad that there's no uh seo magic that we need to be doing then so let's talk about and then i started talking about conversions or something else and uh but i just kind of let that hang for a second like glad there's no seo magic needed and it was just crickets from the other end. I kind of chuckled. Ryan was on the call, so he kind of laughed to help me out. <laughs> probably just just like that. Probably just to support me. And uh, crickets from the client. So just had to keep rolling with it. But I learned from that experience, Ryan, that maybe making fun of what a client says is not the best way to earn business. Probably not. One thing that I learned is that there's two types of sarcasm. There is the funny, socially acceptable by everyone and everyone understands it's sarcasm. And then there's just the, the spiteful cutting sarcasm. And I think you were going for number one and it came off as number two. So. Well, that was, that was a problem. <laughs> I did not mean to be rude or to cut the person down at all. I, I just, it was one of those cases where you don't think before you speak. And I just thought like, who says SEO magic? Like it's, I know that a lot of people perceive it as magic. Everyone's heard that phrase before, but, uh, but he said it in a very serious way, and so I just kind of responded in a voice that was probably too serious, and uh, it came off the wrong way for sure. Well, I'm glad we're talking about building a sales system in the HubSpot CRM today then because we're going to need a few more prospects to uh, to fill in the <laughs> void that was just created by our Sorry last Sorry about call. that one. Yep, good job. All right, well, let's kick things off here. Uh, first question I want to ask, Gray, I'm going to ask you to start off here if you don't mind, uh, but one thing that I've been noticing a lot, and I think other agencies are starting to pick up on this now, is that HubSpot seems to be really pushing their new CRM features. Obviously, they're adding to it on a pretty continual basis and making it better. Um, But can you talk about the shift that they're making with the CRM uh, in terms of trying to blend it more with the marketing side um, between marketing and sales as a collaboration to kind of bridge that gap that seems to be there? Sure. Yeah, I think this has been a big direction, obviously, at Inbound last year, Inbound 2014, with the announcement of the CRM to the um, to the public and also with the, um, 
you know, they they kind of made this statement that it's no longer inbound marketing. Now it's just inbound, and everything is inbound, not inbound marketing, inbound sales. It's just inbound. And in thinking about the shift that they're making, I think that it's very clear they've tried to tout ROI since day one. That's been a big part of the selling. Um, the way that they sell their platform is, hey, how valuable would it be to be able to measure all of this, all of this online activity that you're doing, um, and turn that into uh, visitors, leads, and sales. But I think that what wound up happening is without the sales data, which they have missed out on um, in a lot of cases, unless you've got a customer who's very committed to going in and reporting exactly where everything came from. There's just a lot of stuff that isn't native to the HubSpot platform. And so you don't really have the real ROI without the sales piece. So by that, I mean, you can track visits. They've got that locked down. You can track leads. Um, and that, I think, generally has worked uh, relatively well. I guess you're missing, in a lot of cases, uh, the piece of folks who came from the online space um, as their origin or it's an exclusively offline uh, offline deal. Um, but you're really missing out on the sales dollars. What are the deal sizes? What did this mean to you? So we ran into that issue a couple of years ago in a meeting with a client, you know, a year-end meeting. What's been the ROI on this? And we knew exactly uh, the the leads, the the traffic, the leads. And we also knew we had gotten them to be pretty good about recording customers, but we had no idea what the value of those customers was because they weren't recording that anywhere. So we had an average deal size that they had guessed at. Um, but then you get into the specifics and, you know, some of those clients are much larger, some are uh, much smaller. And so it's just got, it, it becomes very great pretty quickly. So moving into the sales space is a natural evolution um, for HubSpot to be able to continue going on this route of, hey, this is a great tool to help you measure the ROI and invest your resources in the best place, which we're saying is inbound marketing. Um, this is obviously the way that things need to go. Marketing and sales are coming together in a big way. It's all part of the sales process. Uh, I think it's also an interesting play for HubSpot into the freemium space. So in the very early days, they needed to validate their product. They had to go out and acquire paying customers early on. But now you've seen, and you've seen this for a while, and this kind of goes along with the mindset of inbound, is they're definitely playing the long-term game where they're rolling out free tools, uh, in this case a freemium tool, um, to generate a ton of leads. They're leveraging the engineering machine that they have built there, um, but they're not spending a ton on a sales team and all this other stuff. And some of the things that we've seen them roll out, uh, we've seen obviously the graders with website grader and marketing grader. Um, we've seen inbound.org, a HubSpot Labs project um, where they are uh, just building up this whole community around this. We've seen Sidekick come out. Uh, Prime is something that probably a lot of people, uh, that it's possible that a lot of people who are listening to this have not heard of before. And depending on when you're listening to this, maybe have never heard of that's now becoming Sidekick Calendar. So as Ryan and I are recording this, this is not long after they've announced that it's becoming um, Sidekick Calendar. But all these different tools that they're kind of bringing together, offering for free, and they all play into the HubSpot model. And I think it's a great shift for the business itself for HubSpot. But I think um, kind of on a grander scale, this is just a recognition of the reality of where the market is going. Cool. So 
As the two start to come closer together, uh, the sales and marketing, how do you think this is going to start to shift the offering that inbound agencies are delivering to their clients, where in the past it might have been uh, you know, primarily marketing and getting leads, and maybe that's where they left it? I know, you know with Guava Box, that's, we, we wouldn't always transition it really thoroughly into the sales side, but now that the CRM is available, it's in there, uh, so anyone who has access to HubSpot has access to the CRM. How is that going to shift the offerings that these agencies are providing to their clients? Yeah, well, I think this is going to mirror HubSpot in a lot of ways. Just like HubSpot can showcase a better ROI if they have your sales data along with the marketing data, agencies are in the same boat. Um, and so we're going to need to embrace those tools and uh, also understand the reality that marketing and sales need to be more aligned today than they ever have been uh, in the past. So I think there's no doubt we're seeing it already. We're going to see more and more inbound agencies offer sales training and coaching um, and kind of the sales setup, uh, sales system setup add-ons to their customers. And add-ons is probably going to be, uh, that that might be a short-term word, but in the long term, it's just going to be one integrated inbound package. And w- the direction that this is heading in is a recognition that everything is merged together. Everything is a part of marketing and selling. Your product is a big uh, part of marketing. Your product, your customer support is a part of marketing. Everything's a function of marketing but in a lot of ways everything's also a function of everything so it's all a lot more integrated than maybe the 20th century business model uh, would lead you to believe and has led a lot of people um, to build the the traditional type of organizations that that we have or what we've come to know as traditional I think that is just going to shift radically I would say Ryan too to add on to that that a big hang-up of this is that a lot of agencies um, aren't good aren't good at everything. Like we all have our sweet spots. And so for an agency that's not that good at sales, and maybe that's why they got into inbound marketing, they don't like the sales piece of things. And they've always kind of been turned off by traditional sales. Um, And now they need to figure out, okay, well, what does inbound sales look like? And then how does this integrate with the sales efforts as a whole? I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot more partnerships between uh, the folks who are really good on the marketing side and, and I'm talking in terms of agencies or consultants and the people who are really good on the sales side. And so we're going to see an expansion of skill sets inside agencies. We're definitely going to see an expansion of offerings, uh, the services offered. We've already seen that, and we're, that's just going to continue to grow on a massive scale. But I think we're going to see uh, a massive expansion in terms of partnerships with people who have complementary skill sets. Yeah, I mean, that brings in a good question, too, of do you foresee then, you know, people who are knowledgeable in sales and can teach sales well, uh, you know, do you see that as being a, a maybe even a full-time position to support that offering, for, uh, you know, that agency owners are looking to hire that kind of talent as this starts to develop? Well, I see that being the short-term solution, Ryan. Um, we're going to bring on, maybe even pull back a salesperson or a sales manager or someone, and they, they become part of the deliverables. But I think I think that's really the short-term play, and in the long term, this all becomes integrated together, and it's not just one salesperson working alongside of uh, you know 15 marketers to train people, because in those, like the scale is still heavily tipped in a marketing agency towards, towards the marketing side of things. So I think we're going to evolve to the place um, where it's more of an equal mix and where I don't know if at any point the, the two different terms are going to go in marketing and sales, um, but just a realistic picture of the buyer's journey and then 
Um, we're seeing some companies start to go away from, hey, here's a sales team, here's a marketing team, and talking about having a revenue team or a growth team um, or a customer success team. And uh, I, I think that that is kind of on a larger scale where things are going towards more of a more of a balance and full integration of the two, not just adding in kind of a little piece here and there. Right. But Ryan, let me, uh, I don't want to spend, I feel like that intro, probably too much of me talking, but, um, a lot of that is like high level. Where are things going? Why is HubSpot making these moves? Why is the CRM out? But, um, I want to get a little more granular for folks who are trying to apply a lot of this stuff. And so when, when you, transition to guava box we asked you essentially to create a sales system for us inside the hubspot crm so we didn't have a whole lot in place and that was a process that you owned so i'd like to hear from you what that process was like sure so to set the stage for everybody listening uh when i came in basically what what you guys had was uh, a database with tons of contacts it wasn't super organized in terms of like where they were at in the stages. You guys tried to do a little bit. You kind of fiddled around with creating deal stages and understanding you know where they're at in the process and things like that. But it, but there definitely wasn't a sales system that was built out or in place. Uh, and you guys didn't really you know need it because you had a pretty steady uh, you know list of clients and stuff, and you were focusing more on client works. Uh, but obviously, as we wanted to start scaling our agency, starting to bring in you know more consistent leads and, and actually having a system in place was a priority. So for me coming in, uh, I you know first had to sit down and just learn the CRM and and learn the system. And I would just encourage people, you know, take the time just to go through and make sure you understand the features so that you can get an, a, a better idea of how the system can and should work together instead of just trying to go piece by piece and, and piece it together as you go. But if you don't just say, hey, I want to look at this one prospect and you know try to figure out how to reach out to them and stuff, but how does all of these features tie together you know, to be able to create a process? That's really you know, where I started uh, before I just started reaching out to, to some individuals. Um, so what I did was I looked at what we had and I tried to get a grip first on who are the types of prospects that we have in the database. So I went to our database and I'm looking at all these people and what I did is I just said, okay, let me look at the last 50 prospects we've had come in and just start start there, right? Because you can't take on too much at once, but where did they come from? What is their history on our website? What's bringing them in and what specifically are they looking for? And I really, my hope there was to understand better who are our prospects and then what's our our target prospect, who's our best fit prospect, and how does that line up with the prospects that we're actually receiving through the website? So looking at things like what industries are they coming from, uh, what position do they hold, you know, within that company, is it the right person that we're attracting to our site? Basically, are our personas for ourselves set up the way that we like to set them up, uh, you know, for our for our customers and in doing the work that we do for them? Are we doing it for ourselves? From there, after figuring out who our best fit prospects are and making sure that's in line with our database, I started to create uh, emails that were tailored to uh, being more of like outreach emails. And one big key here is when you are going through the sales process and trying to especially do some outbound prospecting with maybe maybe even with an inbound lead or if it's purely an outbound lead, you never want to go too salesy too quick. So my first series of emails, and I would have about six 
you know, somewhere between six and eight emails that I would send to a prospect until they, you know, you know, walk in through that process until I would hear back from them and then I would get personal with them. But these are templated emails that are built out in the CRM. I would have them classified in folders. So the folders would be organized by the type of prospect, where they came in from, um, and, and where they are at in the buying process. And from there, once I categorized, it's this type of prospect they're in, you know, the manufacturing industry, this is their position. I had my folder that I would go through a series of six emails from start to finish, and I would send those out, and they all had content that was personalized, and they were always short and sweet and focused purely on educating them, you know, what were you looking for in the website, all these different things, and I just created these templates that that I, you know, tried out, and, and really when you're starting, I, you know, I wanted to get it perfect. I think everyone wants to get it perfect, but you need to realize there's no real perfect way to uh, create a template. The only thing you can do is test out multiple different types of, of templates, see what kind of reaction you get, and make sure that you track that information. So I would take them through the process of sending out those emails, and then I would create two versions for every type of prospect that we have. I would have version A and version B, and I would just do a classic A-B test which one am I getting better results from? So if I was getting better results on B, I would continue to send that. In the meantime, I would go back and I would tweak A, and then I would create a new template you know, based around A, send that out, and then I would keep doing that until I got the highest amount of open rates, click rates, and then obviously the most important thing, which is setting appointments and, and being converted to customers. So uh, one thing that really helped us is the integration with Sidekick and HubSpot their CRM. And that's something we do have the, the paid version of that. The reason that I think the paid version is worth the money is because of the number of templates. You get unlimited templates with it versus only five. And for us trying to categorize, you know, all the different people that we were, are the prospects that we had, it became really difficult, you know, to only have five templates was, wasn't super feasible. So that's why, uh, you know, we really like the paid version plus all the reporting. Um, after you send people emails, this is an area of weakness for a lot of salespeople that they need to get better at. And it was something that I was, I was poor at. It took me creating the system that I did to get better at this. But having a task list that keeps you accountable to make sure that you're moving people through the sales process is key. So if you send someone an email, if you don't have the follow-up emails to go along with it, it's not going to really do much because the majority of people aren't going to respond to you on your first attempt at outreach. So that's why, you know, most people agree and I agree based on the results that we had having, you know, six to eight different uh, emails that you send people is, is a good number because through that process, someone might respond at three, they might respond at five, but you're continually sending those emails, you know, until they say, Hey, please don't email me anymore or, hey, now I'm interested in what you're saying because you're providing me value in these emails. Let's, let's chat, you know, which is the ultimate goal. So creating a task list that will allow you to make sure you're staying on top of that, that no prospects are slipping through the cracks uh, is key. And HubSpot, the way that I do that is uh, I create tasks after any time I email someone, I have a phone call with them, whatever it is, any touch point that I have, I instantly uh, go in and create a task for follow-up. And if I send them an email, it might be two days, it might be three days from uh, when I sent it that I uh, have it in there to send them the next email in the sequence uh, that I've created from, the, from that folder. And 
beyond following up for people, when you finally get a response and you uh, are ready to start moving people through the sales process, having developed deal stages to identify where they're at and what your sales process is, is very important as well. So if I uh, get someone on a discovery phone call, you know, that's one of the first uh, deals in our deal stages. And I put that in there. And from there, I can start to move them through. And it keeps me, my mind focused on what are the next steps to get to the close where they're going to end up partnering with us on a retainer or a website or whatever it is, you know, that process that we're going down, having those deal stages set up um, to move them down, that is incredibly important as well. And that's another reason I like the CRM, um, that and just the ability to track the results, like I was saying before, um, you know, within Sidekick there to be able to make sure that the outreach is continually improving. You don't want to get stagnant with it. Even if you think that you have, you know, you're having some pretty good results and that people are opening the emails and scheduling appointments and stuff, it can always get better. So I would just challenge people to always continue to improve there. So that was really what the process was like for me, Gray. Making that transition was going from, uh, you know, just having all this information at my fingertips in that database but we didn't have a process to make sure that we were taking advantage of you know the prospects that we had in there. So building out how am I going to communicate with these people? How am I going to provide value to them to eventually get to the point where they want to talk with me? And then beyond that, how am I going to move them through that process to try to get to a partnership as quickly as possible? So that really was my goal when I first came in. Right. Wow. So that was a lot of details, Ryan, uh, which I think is really valuable. Uh, a couple things to reemphasize. You just mentioned the value of follow-up, and I know that that was something that we really struggled with, um, was consistently following up with prospects prior prior to you joining the team. And then just building that system. What is, what is the system going to look like where you don't lose a prospect uh, to that type of disorganization and just not staying on top of things? Ryan, to go from start to finish on this, uh, and I, don't, I shouldn't say start to finish, but start to kind of MVP um, in terms of setting up the sales process. How long did it take you to build this out and feel like you're in the zone? Uh, I've been, you know, kind of continually improving it over the last four months, probably that I've really put the time into it. But I would say to develop the system, uh, kind of do some research on it and get to having it pretty solid where I felt confident that the leads weren't slipping through the cracks and that I had my email templates to the point where uh, the response rate was, you know, was good and, and continuing to get better. And even, you know, even still, I'm not satisfied. I don't think anyone should ever be fully satisfied because, you know, you always want to be striving for improvement. But I would say that the initial setup to have a solid system in place took me about a month um, you know, just trying to figure it out, my, out on my own without the, you know, a, really a ton of guidance. There was, there are some, some good, you know, blog posts and things out there. I couldn't, you know, at the time when I was sitting down and developing it, there wasn't really a whole lot of resources to help me get set up there. Um, so yeah, I would say about a month to get, to get, uh, to where it, it was pretty solid foundationally. Yeah. I know kind of the pain point that you mentioned, like there is a decent amount of information out there, my frustrations with it prior to you joining the team and having someone else to give this problem to and tell them to go figure it out on there. My frustration in trying to set up a system that would work for us uh, previously was there's information out there, but it's super scattered and it's rare that you'll find a blog post um, or article that goes super in depth with exactly how someone else has done it. And sometimes even I don't, I don't like just copying other people's work and using it. I always like to customize things. I'm the guy who has to make everything. 
unique to the way that we're doing it. But having that example of how someone else has done something is uh, that's just a tremendous starting point and something that would have really accelerated. Um, I feel like that would have really accelerated our progress. Um, so that was a pain point that I had that you and I talked about. And as a result of uh, that pain point and your process of building this out, you have put together a course um, aimed at basically helping agencies build out a sales system inside the HubSpot CRM specifically. Can you explain a little bit about, about the course and what goes into it and uh, and just give us the details on that? Uh, yeah. So I was, to be honest, I was a little frustrated when I first started trying to build the sales system. You know, I started with Guava Box and then eventually for Do Inbound, um, you know, they function similarly, um, but obviously are a little bit different. And, you know, one is based around software and one's based around, you know, for our agency uh, inbound marketing retainers. But going through building, uh, you know, the the, the uh, system for both of those, I was frustrated by, like you said, the kind of the scattered knowledge that was around there where I could try to find some stuff to help me piece together what I, in my mind, how I wanted it to work, but there was nothing that really showed me or gave me the tools to develop a full uh, sales system in there. So, you know, one thing that we were talking about was, you know, there's probably quite a few agency owners out there, you know, that are using the CRM and, and they're, they're doing okay and they can, you know, obviously see the information it provides, but they don't have the full system built out. So, you know, with the experience that we've had with building this twice, you know, why don't we just create a course to take people from the start of understanding it right down to how the entire system flows together, you know, giving them some email templates to check out and just putting everything packaged into one area. Um, you know, and I thought that was a great idea and I'd been through it a couple of times and been, had some really awesome results with the system we had in place. So, you know, I said, you know, sure, when I talked with you and Andrew about that idea and I've been really enjoying kind of piecing everything together, um, you know, taking everything that I've done from uh, successes from both Do Inbound and Guava Box, putting it into one course to help people from start to finish. And we're still just finishing up at the time of this recording, filming, um, you know, all of the different modules for the course to help people get uh, get set up. But I'm, I'm really excited to give that as a resource to other agencies and allow them to, um, you know, be able to go from this idea of what they're looking for with having a, a fundamental sales system in place that will help them walk all the leads through the, the process from start to finish, um, but just to get a little more organized and make sure people aren't slipping through the cracks. Because, Gray, when I talk with the agency owners, you know, for, for do inbound and, and you guys had this exact pain. I think that one of the, the hardest thing for agency owners is the follow-up process and making sure that they're not getting so distracted by the current work that they have because everyone's so busy, you know, with that, that they don't have the, the systems in place to, to follow up with the leads that they have coming in consistently and all the way through that process from start to finish. So, yeah, good stuff. I know that, um, Going through, like, in the struggles with Guava Box, we knew that this was a pain point that we had. But with the experience um, that we've had with Do Inbound and talking to so many agencies from around the world, that's just been kind of a validation of, wow, so many people have this pain point. Um, agency sales is hard for a ton of startups. Um, and even folks who are, you know, we've talked to folks who have 12, 15-member teams, and they're still struggling to figure out how do I sell consistently um, especially the teams that have migrated over from, you know, from a traditional agency or some other type of agency. 
and gone to inbound, but a lot of folks who are just getting off the ground go through this process of, I don't know what works. I just need some system to start with. Um, and so I think it's, uh, I think this is something that's going to be really valuable. Ryan, I'm excited to, uh, to see the finished product, um, of this course. And I think that it's going to be helpful to a number of agencies. Uh, if folks want to learn more about it, how, how they can get their hands on it, um, what's the best course of action, Ryan emailing you? Uh, yeah, you can email me, but I also um, am going to write a pretty thorough blog post on our website on doingbound.com and our learning center. You can see all of the write-ups from all these podcasts um, under the inbound sales journey. But in there, I'm going to give a brief outline kind of of what I walked through verbally, but a little bit more concise in a written format to show people kind of how to piece together their own, um, you know, sales journey. I also wrote an ebook, uh, about 10 steps to getting, uh, yourself in the mindset to get that, that all set up. But the course is definitely going to be the most in-depth, um, you know, resource that we're creating, uh, with just a bunch of screen share videos, just, showing people how it all ties together and how to actually go about doing it. Um, so we'll put a link in the show notes as well when that course is available. But until then, uh, emailing me or just going through the contact page of uh, doinbound.com do is probably the best way to get a hold of us for, if you're interested in that. Great. Good stuff, Ryan. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up episode number seven of Inbound Sales Journey. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this, we would love to hear uh, – the fact that you enjoyed it or any feedback that you have for improving this podcast, you can always email us directly. I am gray at doinbound.com. Ryan is, I bet you can't guess it, Ryan at doinbound.com. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. Ryan is uh, at Ryan R. Herman. I'm at S. Cray McKenzie. And last but not least, if you are feeling especially generous, you could leave us a review on iTunes. That would help bump the show a little higher in the rankings and help more people find this podcast. All right. Well, we are going to wrap things up there. In episode number eight, Ryan and I are going to be talking about how outbound and inbound go together to uh, to accelerate your sales machine. So tune in for episode number eight, and we'll talk to you then.